There's a new book out. It's called The Spurs Dynasty. Let's talk with the author. You are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Kins 5 San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Happy hump day, everybody. Hope everybody's having a great mid-work week. Just a few more days, and you're right there. Weekend is here. Uh, by the way, thanks for making Locked On Spurs your first listen each and every day, free and available wherever you get podcasts. So what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to have a returning guest slash book author. Yes, Kyle Ledbetter, uh, who wrote and uh, you know did, did a podcast about the whole Spurs Kawhi Leonard uh, saga. Well, he is back with a brand new book available today. Yes, today. Um, it is called the Spurs Dynasty. He's going to talk about that and more where you can find it. What's the book about and much more. And then later on this episode of Lockdown Spurs, we're going to have the head coach of Raptors Gaming of the NBA 2K League. He is Roy Krishan. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes. But let's go to welcome our guest. He is back, everybody. Kyle Ledbetter. Kyle, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. Thank you for having me on the show, Jeff. I am so excited to be back and really excited to talk about the Spurs because this has been a, a long time coming with our projects. Yeah, I mean, you must wear a lot of hats. Only you a book author, you know, now a multiple book author. You also host the Take It Easy podcast. How's that going for you? We're still going every single day, Monday through Friday. Uh, we, we're now over about a thousand episodes over the past few years. I uh, do some local radio here in Sacramento as well. So yeah, we like wearing different hats and creating a bunch of creative stuff. Follow him on Twitter at SportsDSD underscore. Once again, he is Kyle Ledbetter. And for those who don't remember, uh, Kyle was a guest um, a while back when he put out his um, kind of a podcast documentary about the Kawhi Leonard Spurs saga. It's still out. Is that correct, Kyle? It is still out. You can find it. It's called The Fall of the Spurs Dynasty, available wherever you get podcasts, and you have all the links in your write-up for the show as well. So people uh -huh. can still find that documentary series. It's available wherever you get podcasts. How was that received by the Spurs fan base, especially them? You know, because, you know, a lot of these fans went through it with the team. You know, what was the reception? What was kind of the feedback you got from your work? For the people who went out of their way to reach out to me, it was overwhelmingly, I guess you could say, positive of sorts. People recognized that I was coming from a, an interest of Kawhi Leonard. I didn't grow up a Spurs fan. I grew up in San Diego. Kawhi was our guy at San Diego State. And that was my entry point into the show. And a lot of people were interested, uh, particularly in episode four, when we really did mm -hmm. a deep dive into what happened in 2018 with the injury situation and then the players only mm -hmm. meeting and trips to New York and everything that happened there. That episode was really well received and people thought that uh, we did a fair job breaking that part down. And uh, maybe, maybe they uh, enjoyed that part more than <laughs> maybe the fifth, which was uh, Kawhi going to Toronto and uh, obviously winning the championship. Right. Yeah, it was a great, uh, it, is, it is a great uh, podcast documentary series. I actually was listening to it uh, during like my time at the workout gym, you know, if I'm running the treadmill, some of that, I'd pop that on and that would help, you know, get through the grind. It was a really, really good 
uh, show. But, you know, before we get into the heart of your new book, The Spurs Dynasty, it once again available February 24th. Now it's available now. And uh, we'll give you the links in a while. Uh, we'll get into the meat of that in just a few seconds. But did any of the Kawhi Leonard uh, saga era kind of blend into the Spurs Dynasty book you have out? Absolutely, because that was the story that I ultimately wanted to tell. The story that I was most interested in was how a superstar basketball player, one of the 25 greatest in the history of sport in his prime, ends Mm -hmm. up sitting out an entire season and ultimately ending what was a 30-year run of success for the Spurs. I mean, the Spurs never won a playoff series after Kawhi Leonard left. Obviously, now they've missed the playoffs for a few years in a row, which had never happened in the 50-year history of the Spurs. You know, that story was interesting. And really, Kawhi is the the back end of this book and the Spurs dynasty story. It is what I call in the book the third superstar. When you go Mm -hmm. from David Robinson to Tim Duncan to Kawhi, I mean, it spans Mm -hmm. basically across 35 years of San Antonio basketball. Right, yeah. Yeah, it was, again... It's out right now. That is the Kawhi Leonard um, saga episode. Just go to his Twitter right now at SportsDSD underscore. He is Kyle Ledward. There he has a big old link tree. You can see all that stuff and how to check it out. You, you know, Kyle, you mentioned you know the Spurs and you know their their recent history of missing the playoffs. You know they've been kind of been in the bad end of history. Not only you mentioned the the playoff drought, then there's as of this recording a 14 game losing streak, the longest in in Spurs franchise history for somebody looking from the outside in who isn't a Spurs fan. Did, does this kind of make you scratch your head? Like, wow, has it come to this? Now that I've done the research on the book, it makes a little bit more sense of how they got mm-hmm. there. But if you would have told me four years ago when it was a uh, DeRozan and DeJounte Murray and LaMarcus Aldridge and, and Patty Mills was still there, I would have thought, yeah, they, they can build something competitive from this. If they hit on a couple of those draft picks like San Antonio always seemed to do, then mm-hmm. they could they could theoretically turn this thing around. And, you know, to see it kind of stagnate and then now come to a place where they've really decided to bottom out and start over from scratch. I mean, you look at the DeRozan trade, the DeJounte yeah. Murray trade, most recently the Jakob Pertle trade, uh, Derek White. Obviously, mm-hmm. they've decided to pivot the organization in a direction that in the 50 years of Spurs basketball, they've never sure. decided to go sure. down. Yeah. You know, again, you know, we're talking about the, the quiet Leonard uh, podcast series you put out and the fall of the Spurs dynasty. It's uh, interesting because you fast forward to the most recent quiet Leonard visit in San Antonio. And sure there were some booze, but it wasn't as a visceral anymore. And I think that expression time heals all Spurs fans. I think they haven't forgotten, but I think for the most part, They've moved on already. Uh, he'll still get the jeers whenever he comes to San Antonio, but it's not as visceral anymore. But that's expected. You know, time passes, Kyle, you know, wounds get healed up. So mm-hmm. I really thought, Kyle, that Kawhi, no matter what, every single game from now to eternity, Spurs fans would boo the you-know-what out of him. But that's cooled, that has cooled off a lot. Is that a little surprising for you, considering some of the uh, feedback you got regarding that? book you put out i think spurs fans have moved on 
but there's still that little bit of a, a tinge in their hearts of are the ones who talk to me about oh yeah. uncle dennis and Kawhi, we right. could have kept this going for another five to ten years and i think now that everyone's getting a little bit retrospective about you know the spurs dynasty and that 30 years of success i think people can look back and be like it stinks that it had to end the way it did and at the end of the day look at everything we accomplished with Kawhi and without and i firmly believe that as time heals more wounds uh they're going to retire Kawhi's jersey in san antonio one of these days that is a very very hot take I, i would um I, I would be a little surprised, but you never know. You never, ever, ever know what this Spurs franchise. They because just might. They just, they just might. Yeah. Once again, uh, we're joined by Kyle Ledbetter. Uh, he is uh, the author of an upcoming book that is out right now called The Spurs Dynasty. Uh, we're going to get into that right now, but just a quick reminder, make sure to go visit him on Twitter at SportsDSD underscore. There you'll see kind of a link tree, and it'll link you to the fall of the Spurs dynasty and Kawhi Leonard. And um, you could check it out, listen to it. It's a really, really good list. But when we get back, we're going to dive into his latest uh, book, the Spurs dynasty and much more right here on locked on Spurs. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about price picks. Look, you got to get price picks because price picks makes daily fantasy very, very easy to do what you, what you got to do. So you pick two to six players. They're going to score more or less than their price pick projection. You're going up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, boxing, MMA, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Yeah, it's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. So what you got to do is download the Price Picks app right now or go to pricepicks.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can get themselves a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on. You deposit 100, Price Picks will give you 100. You deposit 50 bucks, Price Picks gives you 50 bucks. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. We're back right here on Lockdown Spurs with Kyle Ledbetter, the author of The Spurs Dynasty. The book is available right now, and that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, Kyle, what got you going? Why did you want to take this next step in documenting the Spurs franchise, particularly focusing on their dynasty years? So when we made the Fall of the Spurs Dynasty, the five-part documentary series, Spurs fans really came out in support of the show, uh, thanks to your listeners and the people over at SB Nation and some very nice Spurs fans who found it from other ways. Uh, That podcast at one point was a top 75 show in the United States among basketball podcasts, which was beyond my wildest expectations. And so we took our scripts from that show brought it to a publisher in San Antonio of their Watercrest Press. They were super helpful in this entire process, and they helped us turn those scripts into a full book about the San Antonio Spurs and the years of David Robinson and leading into the Duncan years, the championships, the all the way into the 2010s, and ultimately then leads us into the story we told in the documentary, which was the final years of Kawhi Leonard and everything that happened at the end. What, what should Spurs fans expect when they dive into this? Is it just kind of stuff that they already know about, you know, Oh, you know, five titles in 99 and 
the Miami Heat series, you know, what new perspective are you going to give Spurs fans in this book? I hope to give them a perspective of the faces that they know. And I'm sure a lot of this information is going to be stuff that Spurs fans who really have followed the team for years know. But some of the stories, I think, are going to be uniquely different. We talk about Tim Duncan and his upbringing on the mm-hmm. U.S. Virgin Islands. We talk about Popovich and, you know, this archetypal 20th century success story where he mm-hmm. uses sport in the military to achieve a level of economic, you know, as a first generation immigrant, someone who ends up being the greatest basketball coach of all time. And there's so many different stories to tell, whether it's a history, psychology, uh, even the stories of medical malpractice, potentially with Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. at the end. There's all sorts of interesting um, data points in a book made it easier to take some of the direct quotes from people like Michael C. Wright, Ramona Shelburne, the people at the San Antonio mm-hmm. Express News and put it all together into a story. So I hope Spurs fans will learn something new about familiar faces. No, I know this is your baby. You're going to love every aspect of this. But if you had to whittle it down to, you know, the best thing that you would think that will really pique the Spurs fans interest or why they should go out and get the book, what would that be? That's a great question. Personally, the, the chapter that was most intriguing for me to write was the one about Greg Popovich, mm-hmm. because I didn't know all that much about Greg Popovich coming into the book. I mean, obviously, I'm a a younger person, shall we say. Some of these games which I'm writing about, I wasn't even born for, going back to the early David Robinson days. Right. (laughs) And so I think the Greg Popovich story was something that I wasn't super familiar with. And there's just so many winding pieces to this because he is this what you would classify as a nerd within basketball. He doesn't fit the stereotypes of a basketball coach. He doesn't fit the stereotypes of really anything that you would point to with the greatest basketball coach ever. And Popovich has this unique life and this unique journey to becoming an NBA coach. I mean, he didn't get to have his first NBA head coaching job until I believe he was 48 years old. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's this really interesting story that, Really, he's an easy character to like in this story or empathize with. And so I think Spurs fans will learn a lot about Greg Popovich. You call it the Spurs dynasty, and that is your latest uh, book. But there's some that say it really wasn't a dynasty in the sense of they never won back-to-back. They never defended the title. It was spread out, so to speak, versus what many think is a dynasty being, oh, you know, the Lakers, Kobe Shaq, three in a row, the Pistons, two in a row. Uh, the Bulls dynasty. What do you what do you land on that uh, opinion of some sports uh, media or fans? Well, the the subheader for the book is a historical account of the greatest dynasty in the history <laughs> of North American pro sports. And the reason I articulate this is that the longevity of the San Antonio Spurs is unmatched in any sport anywhere. Like the fact that they were able to go 30 consecutive seasons without ever being a bad organization. I mean, the one year that they get the lottery and win Tim Duncan obviously is a year they miss the playoffs. It's the only mm-hmm. year in 30 years they miss the playoffs. They broke records in every team category. I mean, they had the most conference championship appearances. They had the most 50 win seasons. They were the only team that won 60 or more games in the 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s. 
Uh, I believe in those 30 years, they had seven 60 win seasons and the next closest team had three like San Antonio for what they did for 30 years is without precedent in any North American professional sport. Uh, how long is this book? How many chapters, you know, is this something that a Spurs fan can just have a deep dive in one shot or you, you know, just how easy to digest is this? So the book is written in such a way, hopefully that my grandma who doesn't know basketball (laughs) can understand the book. So we do, we do have minute like, Hey, here's, we have to explain some basic basketball stuff in here. But after that, it's about 230 pages. Um, It's really, it took me about three or four sit downs to finish reading the whole book. So I mean, it's it's a full length book. It has 15 yeah. chapters, each about 15 pages long. Uh, it goes from basically the first chapter starts at the Dallas Chaparral's years of the Spurs and it goes wow. yeah. all the way through the present. I mean, the yeah. last basically the last chapter or the last story we tell is Greg Popovich breaking the all time wins record for a coach. Mm-hmm. So it goes all the way up through present day and I think all of that context is required to properly understand what the 30 years of success looked like. I'm going to do my little homage to the basketball gods right now. And I'm going to say, hopefully your next book is going to be about the Wimbanyana era. I hopefully that happens (laughs) or the Scoot Henderson era. I am hoping that will happen for your next book. Uh, Once again, he is Kyle Ledbetter. He is the author of the new book that is out right now. It's called The Spurs Dynasty. Uh, you know, before I let you go, because I don't want to forget, we'll circle back to your book in just a few seconds. How can Spurs fans or just NBA fans, just book fans, get this book right now? So the book is available everywhere that you get books. We have a link tree that accesses all of the places you can get it, whether it's a, a Kindle ebook, whether it's Barnes and Noble, wherever it is that you get books. It is available. I got the uh, the link name Spurs Sixth Championship on Linktree, which uh, one of mm-hmm. the chapters is called the Spurs Sixth Championship. I bet you can guess what that chapter is about. <laughs> and uh, I, I really wanted to have that be the title. And so Spurs Sixth Championship on Linktree is where you can go to find the book or you can go to the Fall of the Spurs Dynasty podcast feed and uh, we're going to week by week create an audiobook experience for this mm-hmm. story. Um, if you want to listen to the introduction and chapter one of the book, which chapter one is the George Gervin, David Robinson years leading up mm-hmm. to the 1997 draft lottery, then you can listen to that now. It's free. It's available on the Fall of the Spurs Dynasty. And uh, the link to all of that stuff is at Spurs Sixth Championship on Linktree. Yeah, you know, I, I do not know the extent of your book. Obviously, I, I don't have a copy of it right now. But, you know, quick shout out to um, former owner Red McCombs. He passed away on Monday this week. And without basically everybody says in San Antonio, Kyle, without Red McCombs, there is no Spurs in San Antonio. They were about to leave or go the way of the St. Louis ABA team or the Kentucky team just going to be done for. Uh, so he's the one who kept uh, the Spurs in San Antonio. So rest in peace, Red McCombs. I didn't get a chance to say this yesterday on Lockdown Spurs. It broke when we were recording it. But And I figured what perfect way to, to pay the respects to him than having you, who um, has chronicled the Spurs dynasty not just once, but twice with the fall of the dynasty. And it all began thanks to Red McCombs. So 
shout out, rest in peace, Red McCombs. But Kyle, you know, I want to give you the last uh, kind of push here to get fans to get your book. Um, is there something that um, that you can say that's in the book that's really going to have Spurs fans opening their eyes? I think we, t- so the book is 15 chapters long. We took about four chapters to go from 2018 until the end of 2019 with obviously Toronto winning the championship at the end of that story. I think those four chapters are really revealing because I haven't seen anywhere that I could find in research that has a clear timeline of events of what exactly went down in that those two years where they go from at the after Kawhi gets Zaza Pachulia in that playoff Mm -hmm. game to two years later, holding up the trophy in Toronto I haven't seen a more concise breakdown of the factors that went into it and why they went their separate ways. Um, I think that that's kind of the the meat and potatoes of the book, especially the second half of the book, after we get through the championships, after we get mm-hmm. through the Duncan Ginobili Parker years. And um, I think that people will learn something new about what happened there. And Again, I call it a historical account of the book. It's my, per, it's me telling one part of the story. It's not the definitive history of what happened in there, but I think we did a really good job putting together a timeline from 2017 to 2019. And and just to be clear, one more time, they go to your Twitter, which is at sportsdsd underscore. There, they can see a link to get the the newest book, The Spurs Dynasty. Correct. That is correct. It's pinned yep. at the top of my Twitter, SportsDSD underscore, if you want the Spurs sixth championship link tree right. with all the information for the book, the podcast, the audio book, all of that stuff is available there. And even even the uh, Follow the Spurs Dynasty, uh, that link is there. Uh, you can't miss it, everybody. It literally says link tree right there in front of your face. You can't miss it. It's all there. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, is this something also that a fan, a Spurs fans can find on Amazon as well or just through the, through the link tree? Yes, if you click on the link tree, you can okay. find a link to the ebook on Amazon and Kindle. Okay, uh, that is also available now. Absolutely. He is Kyle Ledbetter. Follow him on Twitter at SportsDSD underscore, the author of the newest book revolving around your San Antonio Spurs, the, called The Spurs Dynasty. It is out right now as we speak. You want to go to his Twitter if you want to get yourself a copy of that book or go back and listen to his uh, The Fall of the Spurs Dynasty with the Kawhi Leonard saga. Yeah, that's been a hit with fans and it continues to be that. Kyle, we thank you for hopping on Locked on Spurs. I wish you luck. I hope Hope you get a lot of sales, man, because this looks like going to be a very, very good addition, not only to your authorship, but just to Spurs fans that want everything silver and black. So we appreciate you, Kyle. But when we get back, we're going to go ahead and bring in our next guest. He is Roy Kershon. He is the head coach of the Raptors Gaming of the NBA 2K League. So stick around for that. He's going to talk to you about the upcoming season and the offseason moves that the team made. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Hey, it's the uh, New Year's resolution, right? You want to get healthier lifestyle, you got to try a Built Bar. It's a delicious treat, but you don't get all the fat and calories. Uh, They're so delicious. They're good for you. They're healthy, but they're actually tasty. Perfect for the New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Unbelievable flavors such as churro, peanut butter brownie, and and chocolate almond. Look, I don't know how they do it. Kyle doesn't know how they do it, but they all do it. These bars taste like candy bars while only maintaining amazing 
good macros. Check it out. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You don't have to wait around for a box anymore. You can just go to your Walmart and Sam's Club right now. You can still go to Built.com to get yourself Built Bars. You want to go to Walmart today, go to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. They have a four-bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. Or just go to Sam's Club, get in, get a 13-bar box with hit flavors such as brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. All right, and as promised at the beginning of the show, it is now time to catch up with the NBA 2K League. What is going on with the league? And much, much more today. We're going to put the spotlight on uh, the Raptors GC's rookie, quote-unquote, head coach, uh, um, Roy Krishnan. Roy, welcome to Lockdown Spurs. Hey, Jeff, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. No, thank you, but you know what? I got to give you kudos because you, you, you're you more on top of me than I'm on top of you when it comes to Raptor stuff. So salute to you, man. You're always reaching out to me, letting me know what's going on with the team. So I figured um, might as well just bring you on now. We Last week we had uh, Nets GC's head coach talk about his journey and the season outlook for his team. So I figured, hey, let's do the same thing with Roy. So you down for that? Of course, man. Yeah, always uh, always reaching out. Uh, you do a great job covering us and the, uh, and the league, um, and, you know, Saw some great articles over the years, so always, uh, always like helping out the hard worker. And you've definitely been uh, working hard covering this league. So yeah, much appreciated. Yeah, we'll get right into it. All right, thank you very much. Make sure to follow Roy on Twitter at Roy Chris. That's R O Y K H R I S. Uh, Roy, you know, you know, we teased you about being a rookie, you know, head coach, but you do have a lot of experience, obviously, coming into the job. Uh, you know, tell us about your feelings. You know, how are you feeling uh, starting? Uh, with Raptors GC, you know, at the NBA 2K league level, what are you going to bring to this team? Yeah, I think uh, the Raptors have done a great job over the years of uh, of just putting together resources for their uh, for their coaches to be able to uh, go out and support their players in the best way possible on and off the court. And uh, in terms of what I bring to the role, I think I'm I'm the first guy uh, uprising. The Raptors uprising have really had. In terms of uh, someone from uh, who comes from a like a variety of backgrounds uh, in terms of engineering and 2K, and also mm-hmm. one of the first people that have come from the 2K community. Um, so obviously, you know, my journey started in 2021 with the uh, when you know, I put together uh, five five players who are you know uh, decently known at the time, but definitely not mm-hmm. the uh, exposure rating that they have today. Um, five of those guys went on to play in the NBA 2K league, and four of those guys that ended up being uh, top 11 draft picks in the draft right. over the next two years. So uh, mm-hmm. that original liquid pro-am team, we had a uh, spam mm-hmm. one of one at the point guard. He's now mm-hmm. the third overall pick for Lakers gaming. Uh, Johnny red at the shooting guard, fourth overall pick for bucks gaming. Uh, Zay at the, at the small mm-hmm. board, who's a sixth overall pick for Mavs gaming uh, King peroxide, you know, two years in the league, three years in the league with the, the heat, the bucks and the blazers. And lastly, mm-hmm. Dietrich, who was the 11th overall pick for heat check gaming uh, mm-hmm. last year. And so we had some, you know, I've had some really talented players come through before they were quote unquote known. And right. uh, we won the amateur world championship in 2021. I was able to parlay that success into an assistant coaching job with the uh, Mavs gaming last right. year. And uh, we had some, you know, some trials and tribulations over there. We lost Zay, who was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our best player, was the front runner for rookie of the year last year. Lost him midway through his first season. And uh, we were forced to adapt. We uh, picked up a power forward named Jarcity, who uh, took full advantage of the opportunity. Switched positions for us. Uh, went to his first tournament that we actually won. We won the uh, ticket powered by AT and T. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, I was just able to make enough of a splash where uh, people were able to say, "Hey, man, he's won with really good teams. 
he's gotten the most out of teams that maybe aren't so talented, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we uh, have been able to put the X's and O's together to achieve a shared and communal and satisfactory result. Right. And I'm just happy that the Raptors saw enough in me to be able to give me a chance to be a head coach and GM this year. And, right. uh, you know, see, uh, we've got a great partnership scheme, a great support staff, great content team. Um, it's, a, it's a blessing as a coach and a GM to be able to come to an organization that's so uh, willing to spend on right. its players, on its staff, mm-hmm. um, on its environment. And that's uh, honestly, a, it's a blessing in the NBA 2K League. Uh, not a lot of teams, um, you know, value this as highly as MLSE does. And uh, mm-hmm. to be able to come in and say, listen, we can offer you mental health resources, uh, clinical support, um, and, uh, you know, a personal trainer, a chef on game days, things that can improve the player's lifestyle outside of the game, things that can uh, take care of our mental and emotional health. Uh, that's something I haven't taken for granted here uh, in my first season with Raptors Uprising. Yeah, and that's what we joke about. It. You know, you're not you're you're a rookie in the in the traditional sense, uh, being a head coach, but you know, you do come with in with a lot of experience. Your your assistant coaching time, and of course, your time with Unify Pro Am, and of course, Liquid Pro Am as well. Once again, we're talking with Roy Krishnan. He's the head coach and GM of Raptors GC of the NBA 2K League. We're talking about his journey and the season outlook for Raptors GC right here on Lockdown Spurs. You know. You, you definitely fit the bill. You know, and you, you just rattled off what you just said right now and understandable why Raptors GC decided to give you a go. How did you feel about that? You know, did, did you feel any pressure to not only wear the coaching hat, but we didn't get into this yet, the GM hat, that duality. How do you balance that? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a, I, I sometimes forget. Uh, you work so much in the NBA 2K League uh, that uh, – you sometimes forget that, like, you know, I'm, I'm 23 years old, two years removed from college, um, where I got my degree in engineering. Like, two years ago, I was an engineer. 18 months ago, I was an engineer. I was sitting at a, at a desk at a startup uh, writing code for, mm. uh, you know, uh, for biotech companies, uh, consulting for biotech companies in America. And uh, I, I always forget that uh, because, like, you know, sometimes I have to, like, take a moment and be like, wow, like, you know, like, a year and a half ago, like, a little over, you know, 400 days ago, I'm you know, working a desk job. And now I, I I trade players for a living. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, in terms of, you know, the balancing it, it comes with uh, the territory, but in terms of, uh, uh, you know, is it, is it hard? Yeah, it was unbelievably hard. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I I think the best story I have is uh, this season I traded Kenny got work and Kenny has been a, uh, a Raptors uprising member since season one. Um, And for, Everyone out there, like I was 17 years old when Kevin Kenny got drafted to the Raptors Uprising. I was uh, a senior in high school, um, and uh, or junior in high school actually. And uh, being able to trade him after everything he's done for our franchise is one of the like toughest decisions I've ever had to make. Um, and uh, he's just, you know, he's such a good guy, a genuine human being. He's been there mm-hmm. for everything that we've gone through, both the ups and the downs of this franchise before I came in, and. Uh, how to balance it is uh, there is no balancing it. Uh, you just have to be as honest and transparent as you can be with these players so right. that, you know, any decisions that you have to make, it doesn't take them by surprise. Uh, at the end of the yeah. day, we play a video game with virtual avatars, but when you trade people, like, you're, you're you know, changing the path of someone's life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone who's been here for six seasons in Toronto, has a house up here, and it's his second home is now, you know, playing in Central Market in Washington, D.C. for the first time ever. 
Right. And uh, you just want to be honest and upfront with the players to say, listen, like this is a hard process. It's designed to be a hard process. Um, yeah. Bringing in a new GM and a new head coach isn't easy, right? Because when someone does that, when a team does that, it's because you didn't have a great year the year before. Um, so the first thing I did is I came in, I sat down with each of the guys that we had on the team at the time that are uh, no longer with us. They've moved on to other teams um, in trades that we made. And I was upfront and I told them, listen, we made $0 last year. Um, there has to be some changes. And I don't know what those changes are. But as soon as I know and I have a better understanding of what direction we're moving in, you guys are going to be the first to know. You guys aren't going to hear through Twitter. You're not going to hear through someone else. If right. I make a deal, if I'm interested in making a deal, I'm going to put down that phone and call you guys and say, listen, this is what's on the table. I'm potentially thinking about taking it. So, yeah, it's, it's well, hope- navigating that water just honest yeah. and upfront as you can be. Yeah, well, well, hopefully, maybe in the future, you know, you'll let me know so I can break some news. Just kidding with you, there, <laughs> but um, all, all, all things um, considered, you know, you're making a big splash. You're talking about the trades that you've made. You know, you're you're coming in with uh, with the focus about having the team making money and bringing the Raptors GC back to be one of the dominant teams that they were. I remember, I was just a few years ago; they were just dominating. You know, winning streaks and deep playoff runs, title runs, everything, you know, the works, it was there, but you're right. You know, you know, you come in and you got to shake things up if you want the best for this team. And speaking of shaking things up, I mean, you know, you look at this last draft that you had, you know, you turned no first round picks into three. Wow. How did you do that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I rely on my engineering background a lot. Um, when times get tough and maybe the writing is, isn't on the wall. Um, I, I have to say, how do I get creative? Right. And, uh, we were in a tough spot last year where, uh, you know, transparently and candidly with you, Jeff, uh, after a $0 season, people aren't willing to trade players for first-round picks, right? Uh, like when you have – when you make no money and everybody else in the league makes money, um, you people don't think you have an X factor on your team that is worth the first-round pick. So the way I went about it is let me strike while the iron is hot. Um, I was able to, you know, trade some of our guys for future assets – and then as teams started falling kind of, you know, in love with their prospects around draft time, they start v- valuing present assets more than future future assets. Mm-hmm. So, right. uh, I mean, the first step was to become asset rich, right? That was step one of my plan. And uh, I was able to, you know, get some pretty good value back for the guys that we traded. Uh, we were able to trade type for pick 26 in this year's draft, uh, player Big Saint for uh, picks 27 and a future first in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. And Kenny got work for picks uh, 13 and ball-like scene. And uh, just around that, um, I kind of realized, okay, you know, now 27 and a future first, we can now turn around and trade that pick for pick 15. Teams mm-hmm. are either future-facing or present-facing. And uh, when, our, when our interests don't align, it's actually a good thing because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm looking to build off kind of a core, a nucleus out, whether it's this year or next year. And uh, some teams are looking to do that this year as well. Some teams are looking to do that next year. So right. uh, being able to get like pr- pretty strong value from our uh, players was just making moves early to strike while the iron is hot. Um, you know, before, uh, mm-hmm. before any other GMs kind of were making trades, we were right in the thick of it, moving guys, just because we knew, hey, you know what? People might say this is a not as great draft class as previous years, but as you get closer to the draft, there's always a couple of guys, right, that showcase mm-hmm. well at the end. That player, that teams are going to highly, highly value. Um, so that was that was our number one thing, um, and right. our number two thing was uh, we put a, an emphasis on not taking our point guard early. 
the 2K league, the point guard is such a premium position, right? The usage rate of guards is like 40 to 60%. Right. It really is. And um, everyone drafts their point guards early. And if you look at years past, uh, guys like Ball like Seam, who is now at the center position for us, and uh, the Raptors draft pick last year, Fanta, um, they unfortunately just haven't worked out in the league. Is it their fault? Potentially not, but just that there's such a premium on the point guard position that the sixth best point guard in the draft happens to go seventh overall or sixth overall. So this year we kind of changed our thinking. We said, uh, you know, in, in one of the ways I try to play money ball here, uh, let's take our point guard late because if we can acquire top picks while everybody's taking their point guard, we can get the first pick at any other position on the board. Mm-hmm. So we took the, you know, I picked, at pick 10, we were able to trade up to pick 10 um, using pick, pick uh, 15 and pick 13 mm-hmm. and pick 27. So we traded all the way up to pick 10 and we got the number two shooting guard on this year's big board. Awesome. Um, and then at pick 13, we got the number one ranked lock at this year's big wow. board. And then we, you know, luck is always a great environmental factor as well. And then we ended up at 26, picking up the sixth ranked point guard at uh, this year's uh, big board. So, you know, we basically were able to go in and by putting a premium on the things that people don't put a premium on early, we were able to create this like very holistic center team where, you know, maybe we don't need our point guard to go for 50 points anymore because we've got right. such a supporting cast around him that it takes the pressure off of him to be, you know, mm-hmm. a, a kind of a more team-centric, team-focused player because he's got the pieces to help make him successful, right? It's uh, it's always been true that the number one point guard with the number seven lock and the number eight shooting guard maybe go out and win a championship. Why, why, we're trying to change that narrative. You know, we, we put mm-hmm. a premium on other positions to be able to come in and simplify the point guard's job. So now maybe the sixth-ranked point guard in the draft looks like the second-ranked point guard in the draft because he's got the help that he needs, right? So that was kind of our thinking for this year's draft. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you have a plan set, not only for the long term, but for the short term in bringing uh, Raptors uprising uh, back to prominence. Now, speaking of the, um, you know, the immediate short term or, you know, kind of sort of the long term, you got the season. It's right around the corner. I know you're getting ready for that. You know, you just had to finish with the draft. You're getting team, your team ready. They're practicing already. Uh, what is the outlook? Uh, what, what, is, uh, what, what do you see for Raptors uprising for the new season? So, uh, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, we've been scrimmaging other teams. We've been uh, going through what we call a boot camp, which is, um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the NBA 2K League is played on a, on a specialty version of the game. We uh, play on this mm-hmm. thing called League Build that is custom built for uh, our players and staff to be able to uh, basically give you a more fan-friendly experience. And what that means is that we put these guys on their retail builds, right? We call it retail the regular NBA 2K3 23 builds, the games would be 200 to 200. So we play on a slightly bigger court. Um, so it promotes a little bit more scoring, but we also have no adrenaline boosts, which uh, the regular game does. Right. And it's just done so in a way that uh, it makes it a little bit more bas- similar to basketball, but it also promotes, you know, scoring. So that being said, um, we have a month, our boot camp is a month and uh, we're in it right now. And the outlook is extremely strong. And, uh, I think the biggest the biggest points of my happiness come from people in the organization, right? And mm. uh, the Raptors had a tough season four. They had a really tough season five. And, uh, you know, you come in, you hear the stories just around the people you go to work with every single day. I mean, being new, uh, I tell people, and rightly so, I, I've never really lost in the 2K League. You know, I had a pretty good year last year. 
And the year before that, like Liquid Pro-Am won the, you know, the world championship. And uh, right. I've never had a losing season before. So I don't know what that really feels like. But just the energy in the room, from what I've told, is there's an expectation to win for the first time in three years. And it sounds like you embrace that expectation. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I've been following, you know, as mentioned oh, you to know. you, the, the, yeah, the, the league for years now. And I do remember that run where the Raptors GC was just dominating, you know, and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that, that back for your, your, your team, your, your club, the franchise, and you running as head coach and GM, it sounds like the G Raptors GC found themselves the right person for both jobs. You embrace it. You have the energy. You you definitely you definitely have a vision, and we're looking forward to seeing what Raptors GC has in store for the new season. You know, Roy, we're running out of time here, and uh, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're you're a busy man, but how can fans tune in? How can fans check up on you, Raptors GC? What's going on with you guys? Yeah, so feel free to reach out. So we have our our six two K fan club. We give away a ton of gear, ton of merch of very cool stuff that our partners let us give away like our lg ultra gear monitors ps5s our custom air force ones by dki nice. customs we give away a ton of cool stuff and that's uh all can be found at uh at raptors gc on twitter and instagram you'll see a little link in there to join our 6x 2k fan club um and yeah come you know come check us out on uh twitter instagram facebook uh you know just google raptors uprising all our stuff will will pop up. Uh, there's definitely a very, very strong culture in place this season. And like I said, like there's just an expectation to win this year. The buzz we have in the locker room, the buzz we have in the front office, we can't wait for the season to start. We know that, uh, you know, when push comes to shove, we're going to be one of the top uh, teams in the 2K League this season. Um, and uh, yeah, we are unbelievably excited for it, man. The, the energy is contagious and we love to share that with our fans. So, All right, all right, Ryan, I got to ask you, what does this mean? The coach with all the computers, what does that mean on your Twitter profile? So, yeah, last year I uh, I kind of made a shock to the NBA 2K League where I would go to the stage with, uh, like, three computers. And everyone was like, what is this guy doing? What is this weird guy with the computers doing? And uh, it was just, I was basically running, like, these models to be able to, like, forecast what the other teams Ah, were. I see what you got there. Yeah, I so, see. You're, you're always thinking ahead, Roy. Always yeah. thinking ahead. Always got to be I can see, ahead, but man. Otherwise, you're thinking behind, you know? So, uh, yeah, cries uh, stuff out. By the way, you brought up Moneyball earlier. You're saying like that's kind of like you know, your plan of attack. You know, who knows? Maybe Brad Pitt will play you in the in the Raptors GC Moneyball version of, of you guys. What about yeah, that? Gotta gotta win some games first, and then <laughs> afterwards, I'd love to sign that contract. <laughs> yeah. He is Roy Krishnan. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Roy Chris K H R I S. And once again, he is the head coach and GM of Raptors GC. Make sure to follow Raptors GC, as he said, at Raptors GC on Twitter. And as I mentioned the league is uh, right on the corner. New season is coming up fast. So for Roy Krishnan, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. <laughs> we